0: Welcome back to I Love That Record. I'm saying welcome back because it has bitterly been literally over two years since I last recorded an episode. Um, I have a very, very special return episode tonight for all of you loyal listeners out there who are stuck in quarantine during this global pandemic. Unfortunately, my buddy John Beckman, he's got too much stuff going on right now, but I have a very special guest, could be a recurring guest. We'll see how it goes tonight. The bass player of internationally renowned recording artist camera can't lie kyle (laughs) lindsey hey kyle how's it going i'm doing great thanks for having me i'm so glad that we're here to chat about this amazing album which absolutely i think we got the idea to do this just i think it clicked with me that Wow, we both think this record, which we'll share momentarily, is a great, amazing record. And I just bugged you about it, and I said, hey, would you do this? And I texted you about it nonstop for days, and (laughs) I think you finally agreed. So can you tell us, Kyle, what album are we talking about tonight? We are going to do Stay What You Are by Saves the Day. What an amazing album. We sure are. It truly is. It, It truly is. Released on Vagrant Records in 2001. Uh I, I guess I want to start by asking what your first experience was with Saves the Day. Like how did you get into the band, if you can remember?
1: Uh I, I can actually. Um I I lived in Iowa at the time, and I'm sorry. Uh <laughs> and a friend of mine uh and I kind of got into it at the same time, and it was definitely a burnt copy off of I think at this time it was probably.
0: Uh, Napster. So purchased off of Napster. Yeah. N- right. Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> so a bird copy. And do you remember like what it was that like grabbed you about this band or how did you hear about them or know that they even existed?
1: I, I just remember hearing that first track and, and to be honest, like I think initially, uh, I heard that first track and it was, uh, so I, I probably put it on repeat because it was so much different how it started than the rest of the record that, uh, it grabbed me, and I think I put it on multiple mixed uh, CDs as well.
0: Well, I mean, how did you hear about Saves the Day in the first place?
1: though? Like, Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was actually at one of Reliant K's first shows in uh, 2000. It was in like a basement of a church. and um, As all good shows are. Absolutely. And uh, the guitar player was wearing a Saves the Day shirt. Oh no so, way. So then you just looked them up? Like, oh this is Saves the Day. Man. Yeah, oh. absolutely. And and that's I think that's a good way to, you know, get into music. If you have bands you're into and you see they're wearing their merch or they recommend them, I I mean that's one of the biggest ways that I hear about music is people that I respect recommending
0: them. So that's how I that's how I got into Saves the Day. Right there with you. And I'm ashamed to say I actually don't think I know how i first heard of them i know the first album i had was their previous record which was through being cool but i don't remember what possessed me to buy it and i actually i do remember that that one was for me a grower it was not a shower it didn't stick with me right away i think i had heard saves the day was good or whatever so i bought through being cool on cd of course sure listened to it and it didn't really click until it finally did um but I, i Yeah, I wish I could remember. It probably was just the scene. I think we were both sort of, I was more probably in deep than you were in it, but this like pop punk, vagrant drive through records, like all these different labels and bands that kind of toured with each other. There was like Midtown, Get Up Kids, uh, all these other bands that were all kind of part of the same scene. And Dashboard Confessional is another one I uh, actually sent to you and some of our, of our friends, for the listeners, I should probably put it in the show notes for this, a picture of me with Chris Caraba, uh mm-hmm. in like 2001, and I was wearing a Saves the Day t-shirt. So, And that Saves the Day shirt is the same one that the guitar player from Reliant case. No from. way. Well, now mm-hmm. I have to put that picture in the show notes, which I I, t- <laughs> I totally will for all the listeners to go check out. So with Saves the Day, just to give people a little bit of background, they started as, I would say, like a more melodic, hardcore a band with their first album, which was called "Can't Slow Down," that was released, I think, on Equal Vision Records, and they then moved into more of a pop punk sound with "Through Being Cool" with with an edge, like a riffy kind of like grindy guitar edge to it, but definitely pop sensibility. And then by the time they recorded "Stay What You Are." This was really, like, in my opinion, no offense to the band, this was the pinnacle of Saves the Day. It was really the last album they recorded as the same core of guys, which I think is... Let me see if I can do this from memory. Uh, David Solaway on guitar, Chris Conley on lead vocals, Brian Newman on drums, Ted Alexander on guitar, and then Eben D'Amico on bass. And after, through being cool, sorry, after Stay What You Are, I think Brian Newman, the, the drummer, left and then gradually over the next couple albums, they just started like tailing off. So it was, to me... Just their their peak, like they were at their absolute zenith as a band and and group together, and I guess I'm curious what was it that grabbed you about the record then, like you said that at your funeral, by the way, which is the first song on this album it is I agree it is different than the other things, but I think the record stuck with you as a whole. What was it about that?
1: Well, I don't know if there's been a record uh, that comes out swinging like this one does because I want to say the first four songs for sure and I might even include the first five are pretty relentless on hooks and catchiness and just overall pop sensibilities where I mean you you listen to those first four you you could almost put them up against uh the first four songs uh from any type of alternative rock record where it's like agreed oh oh my goodness like this is this has not had a dud or even a filler yet, you know? So maybe, maybe the first five, I think when it gets to freakish, it, it slows down a little bit, but yeah, I, I just think it grabs you. And I think that
0: was the intention uh, when they were putting it together is that it will not quit. 100% agree and I think that there's something I mean I don't obviously I wasn't in the studio but the producer on this was Rob Schnaff uh, you pointed out to me that he also recorded some Elliot Smith stuff and there's just the album is so tight it's uh, literally 33 minutes and 33 seconds long I'm assuming that that was intentional uh, where they chose to cut it off but it's the songs overall are really strong and are tight and are not that long. And it's just like, it's over before you know it, but you leave the record with a smile on your face, or at least I do and want to listen to it again. Uh, yes. Cause I've been listening to it and preparing for this podcast, like multiple times a day. And I just don't get sick of it, which is so unusual with an album. And it just speaks to the, the staying power of this thing.
1: I'd say, especially with this, with the the genre of, we'll, we'll just say the loose genre of alternative rock, it you you usually would get sick of those records. Um, but the, you're right, I've listened to this record probably ten times in the last, uh, I don't know, six days, <laughs> <laughs>
0: and uh, I haven't. I'm not even fatigued a little bit. That how many? Yeah, how many albums could you really ever say that about? And I think there's also something too about the marrying of the the music, which is very upbeat for the most part. And it it really is one of those albums, like many of the albums that I've talked about on this podcast, they take you on a journey. Like there, there are highs, there are lows, but it, it very much feels like a cohesive whole. But the music is generally pretty up tempo, upbeat. Um, you could ca- sort of call it pop punk, but it definitely doesn't sound like other pop punk albums, but it's definitely like in that same universe at least. But then the lyrics are really dark at times. I'm sure yes. we'll have to talk about a few of those uh couplets Absolutely. and whatnot. But it's such a, it's just a weird juxtaposition. And I don't know if that's part of like why it sticks to, like, I, I think I still find myself catching weird little, uh, lyrics that I didn't pay attention to before little, uh, here's something I, I will say. And I want to hear your thoughts as a professional musician. Uh, there are so many little riffs on both like the bass and the guitars, the, the musical complexity, even though the melodies are not necessarily crazy is much higher than I think anything they'd ever done before. And actually what most bands in the scene had done. I mean, what do you, what do you feel about that?
1: I agree completely as a bass player. Uh, Eben is a monster. I mean, you wouldn't necessarily think of this, you know, this pop punk, loose pop punk genre as being, like you said, uh, something where, you know, musical proficiency is, is at its high, but these bass lines are no joke and they're not only following the melody and are really catchy. Um, but I gotta
0: imagine they're really tough to play and I think they were re-
1: recorded really well too.
0: Yeah. Agreed completely. Um, and I think, you know, I, I grew up playing guitar, so I always paid attention to and, and tried to play along with and kind of master some of these things. And there's some really cool, like, Plucking away and little riffs that that show up across this album uh, that are just awesome. I, Agreed. Yeah, I don't know where that came from because you know if people have heard through being cool the previous record, it's it's riffy, but it's just so much more distorted and loud and fast and much more in that pop punk vein. I, I There's don't know. not
1: it, the candy of this record where it's just right. You know what I mean? Like it's this has the riffs that. They're not just good riffs, but yeah, they are are candy to the ears and, and really fun to listen to. And I, I assume probably
0: fun to try to learn how to play. Definitely. And I, I think it's kind of sad, actually, though, how this album was received. I think it was critically very, very lauded. And I think it holds up really well. And I think a lot of people today look back and say, like, wow, that's an amazing record from their career. But I think at the time, because Through Being Cool was such a breakthrough for them, I think it got... Maligned a little bit, maybe by the fan base, and I think that people in that like New Jersey hardcore scene where the band came from thought they mm-hmm. you know sold out or whatever. And actually, they ended up moving to a major label for the subsequent album, uh, which bombed unfortunately. It was called In Reverie and did nothing because the the label they signed for DreamWorks basically imploded unfortunately again and it was again kind of like the end of the band i think everybody just started quitting and um i don't know it so it's i I guess i get kind of wistful and nostalgic because i wonder like what could have been if maybe they'd stayed on vagrant or i don't know not gone the route they did but at least we have this one absolutely yeah i remember seeing them uh i saw them oh six warp
1: tour for the sound the alarm and it was kind of their in some ways it was a reunion But I just remember they played mostly from Sound the Alarm. Right. Yeah, which
0: is not my favorite album. No, 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 no. No no offense, Chris Conley.
1: No, no no offense at all. But yeah, I think in some ways, we talked about it, like when you make a record like this, it's just really tough to move on because it's so good and you will be,
0: uh, I don't know, held accountable to some degree if the the next records are not
1: as good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, do you have any other thoughts? I've been talking a lot cause I obviously I love this album, but what, what else strikes you as worth mentioning about the album as a whole.
1: Well, in doing some research, what I found interesting, um, if I want to tie a little personal note to it, you should, so they, they recorded it in three studios, which is not uncommon all in California. But one of the studios, uh, is the world renowned sunset sound, which, uh, I Our band actually recorded drums and we did, I think we did some guitars there, but it was mostly drums and we had scratch tracks and stuff um,
0: at Sunset Sound. So to be able to picture them in the same space is pretty cool. That is really cool. I, and what is it about that studio that led you to do drums there? Do they have a really good live room or is it just kind of a thing? Or
1: It is a really good live room. Um, the label wanted to do it there. I think it's, I think it is kind of a go-to place to do drums. I remember we used, uh, we used the drum, the snare from one headlight and our drummer broke it, (laughs) which is kind of a funny story, but uh, yeah, it was just a great experience there. They have a little basketball court, Um, many hours there, but overall we didn't do most of the record. There It was only drums, So I think it is more, uh, conducive to just a, a room for tracking where you could probably do guitars, vocals, uh, bass, you know, other things that don't really
0: need a room for a lot cheaper elsewhere. Gotcha. Yeah. And to uh, fill us out a little bit, as you said, Sunset Sound, but then Sound Factory also in Hollywood, and then uh, Sonora Sound in Los Feliz, California. And I think they spent a fair amount of time on it. Actually, I listened to an interview with Eben D'Amico, the, a podcast called Blamo from 2017. And I think he talked about a little bit where I think they took about three months to record this. Uh, whereas it was about 10 days, I think to do through being cool, which is a a huge difference if you think about it. And I want to say that that shows up on the record itself that I think you hear that time and care and effort and energy that was put into it. And just again, how tight it is, because I think one of the best things that a producer can do again, not having actually recorded anything professionally is be a great editor. And I wonder if you've had that experience with your band as well, if you ever found that was really valuable in the studio.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I actually think that, uh, another thing that the producer needs to do is, is produce and get, get the band to trust the producer and get out of their, get out of the way basically. And I wonder if maybe Rob and, and, and maybe this lends itself to like, we've talked about the dichotomy of pretty upbeat, catchy music. And, and honestly, some of these lyrics are pretty dark. And I think there's many stories that, that Chris Conley was writing about at the time. Uh, I think I remember hearing one was about a friend's heroin addiction. Oh Yeah. Etc. But I wonder if, if Rob, having worked with Elliot Smith, who obviously had many emotions on his sleeve, was brooding
0: at times. I wonder if he brought that out of them. You, you might be right. I wish that we could hear uh, some demos and stuff. I think I might have a couple of those in my uh, MP3 collection, but not too many. And it'd be fascinating to see the evolution of the songs and know like what did they go into the studio with and then what came. Totally.
1: Out. Yeah, I agree. I'd love to hear some unprodu- like unproduced, uh, like when they were doing demos and
0: uh, like pre-production. Oh my goodness. If it they looks like I have, that- I have a certain tragedy demo and I don't know where that came from, but uh, Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'll have to share that with you. Yeah, um, What was that? Maybe we should just dive into the, the track list and pick some favorites from this record, unless there's anything else you want to say about it as a whole. No, I think that's a great idea. Let's do it. Yeah, well, why don't we start with you? Why don't you hit me up with what you got? What are your favorite, uh, let's maybe say five-ish songs from this amazing 11-track album?
1: Well, I have a f- I have a clear-cut favorite, and it's buried in the record a little bit. Oh. Yeah,
0: I know. It's kind of a surprise. Okay, drum roll. I'm not even sure which one you're going to pick.
1: My favorite track on the record. Um, I, mean, I mean, you could always say that At Your Funeral is uh, your favorite track on the record, just because it was so so massive and it being the opener etc i mean it's yeah. hard not to mention that song but i think my favorite track on the record is this is not an exit
0: mine too
2: tonight will be here the night that we begin to ease the plugs out of the dam
0: Oh yep. my God! No, why do you love it? what is it? What do you love about this song? Okay,
1: for the listeners, though, we did not talk about this. Nope, this was not planned. um to be completely fair, there's so many things I love about this song, but that little guitar riff, which it's like three notes, but yep. it is so good, and the little break uh there's a break in the song where. Uh, I think it's in the second verse, maybe, where he sings the line, the band cuts out, and then the, the lick comes back in.
2: To breathe in, yeah, will be the only thing that we have.
1: And then they come back in uh, full band. I mean, it'll give you chills. It's just a perfect... It's, it's a perfectly produced song, and that's why it's my favorite, but the lyrics are...
0: It's weird. The lyrics are like hopeful, but they are so dark. Yeah. I can't really tell. Yeah. I mean, it it sounds like as I'm reading these now, you know, the the idea is you're laying in in the ocean or in water and you're just kind of releasing and letting go, like, I guess to drown, but then that's not necessarily true because in the chorus he says, and sail belly up to the clouds, the rock scraping our backs to breathe in the air will be the only thing we have, which is beautiful
1: exactly i know and initially i was i was even sharing the song with a few people and i'm like they're gonna think i'm like suicidal or something because these are dark but then you you listen to it more and it's like i don't think that's what he's talking about i think it's more uh it seems like it's more hopeful than that i don't think it's it's some type of fatalism at all i think it's uh i I think it's someone in a bad spot for sure. And maybe even a, a couple people in a bad spot, but they're together and uh, they're going to push through, which is a bit apropos for
0: now, honestly. Oh, totally. Um, Chris Conley right there, hitting deep during the pandemic. And I, I, think, I think the thing... <laughs> 19 maybe I, years later. <laughs> exactly. And I hope they do something cool for the 20th. I know for Through Being Cool, they did a re-release with a bunch of demos and stuff. So maybe they'll do the same for this one. Um, but... I, I it might as well make sense for me to talk about my take on it too, since uh, it is on my list as Please. well. And yes. I think that my favorite part of the song is the final chorus in the outro where it's like, it, it amps up the energy just a little bit more. And the whole song has this kind of nice swaying beat to it, but the very final chorus when it's, it's the just sail belly up to the clouds, the rock scraping your back to breathe in the air will be the only thing you have. But then there's an additional outro section that I just love lyrically. And it's, And your love will be warm nights with pockets of moonlight, spotlighting you as you drift, the actor in this play. As you walk across the stage, take a bow, hear the applause, and as the curtain falls, just know you did it all. The best that you knew how, and you can hear them cheering now. So let a smile out and show your teeth, because you know you lived it well. The actor
2: in this play I'm
0: getting chills just saying that. And it's beautiful. It is beautiful. And it could be a suicide, but but I also feel like there's an element of just reflecting on, on your life or your choices and realizing that you did do the best you could. That is fundamentally, I think what most people try to do, even though they make mistakes and they screw up. I I, there's just ever since high school, I've always felt really, really close to this line. And maybe as somebody who is kind of a perfectionist and is very self-critical, I just, I get such a warm feeling when I listen to the song and that lyric in particular at the end.
1: Agreed. Can you read, can you read the lyric right before, uh, as we sway with the rhythm and talks about wasted nights?
0: That's my, that is my favorite part. Yeah, that's a good one too. I, I should have read that earlier. That's, uh, let me see here. That's when the break happens. That's why yes. I want to reference. Yeah. So, and that's after that first chorus. And it's, you're talking about the, It's breathing the air will be the only thing we have. And then it, the little break thing and all the wasted nights and empty moments in our lives are flushed away as we sway with the rhythm of the waves bobbing us up. Crests fall to troughs as we feel our gills open up. That's perfect, oh, dude. I just, I love it. I love it.
1: <laughs> and and that melody, As We Sway With The Rhythm, it's yes. so good. It's As so We Sway good.
0: With The Rhythm. Yeah, and it's got a little jaunt to it. Like, there's a sway to it, which is so cool. Oh, my God. I'm so
1: glad this <laughs> is our favorite track. I, I, I love it.
0: What do you got for number two? What's your next song? Um,
1: Number two, I was going to mention At Your Funeral. I think it needs to be mentioned because while this is not an exit probably is my favorite track. At Your Funeral might be the best song on the record. And I think there's a bit of bias that makes me not want to say that because I probably have listened to that song the most. In fact, I often, like lately, have been skipping it. And, and not because it's bad, but because I don't want to be fatigued and I want to you know, listen to the whole record. Um, but it's so good. And people have covered it and um i think i think they trick us a little bit i think my take on the song is that it starts off so kind of eerie a bit haunting Then it really does get into the saves the day signature sound as the song goes.
2: This song will be called the anthem of your underground. You're too close to getting high in the back room.
1: And the lyrics are this is where he kind of peels back the curtain and is like, I'm going to take you guys on this ride. And it's not pretty all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. This is also on my list too. Shocking. Um, and I do think that this is one of, I would guess two songs on this record about the same friend with the heroin addiction. Um, okay. I did I not would, know that. I would, I would guess, I mean, in the second verse uh, the second line is you're two floors down getting high in the back room. Um, and you're probably right you're probably right and the third third verse says and you can bet that we will mourn the death of you that night um and I, I mean the chorus is and at your funeral i will sing the requiem i'd offer you my hand it would hurt too much to watch you die i feel like because i had heard that or read that somewhere that this is definitely one of the one of i think it's two songs that are about that
1: yeah topic. it's it's this one and as your ghost takes flight yeah those I think are the two i believe that are about that guy
0: yep or girl we don't know that's true good good call Yeah, I don't,
1: I've never known anyone, you know, on the verge of death from heroin, but he seems it's, it's a balance between he's pretty hard on the person and yet you, you sense a deep sadness. And, and so he lends himself to some really dark and very graphic language about almost not almost like, well, maybe you should just die because you're just doing it to yourself. But then he goes back on it and is like very mournful. So it's almost like he can't, I mean, I assume with, with most addiction, the person with the addiction and the person trying to help
0: both feel helpless. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably true. Any more about at your funeral? (sighs) Probably not. parts of the song? I think, I mean, I love everything about this song. I love the way it starts. I love the little harmonic notes played on the guitar Um, it's actually a really cool version of this on YouTube from Craig Kilborn. uh, the band has done. I think I sent it to you even, you might not have watched it. That's okay. But, uh, (laughs) they, they did play it on TV and they look so young and it it is, again, it's the original band, except the drummer had quit by that point. So the drummer on that performance is not Brian Newman. Um, it's just some dude, Hmm. I don't know who it is, but, uh, yeah, it's cool to watch. Uh, they play it in more of a rocked out style than what's on the record, but it's just, I got to believe, actually, putting myself in the shoes of a a Saves the Day fan who listened to this when this came out, after, through being cool, being the thing, and then hearing this very first harmonic, and then Chris Conley singing softly, uh, the song will become the anthem of your underground, and you're wondering, like, what the hell is this? Right. And then, of course, it, like you said, it launches into the, the main song, which is definitely more rocked out, but like, it's definitely a very different sound. And and something I didn't say earlier that I wish I would have, but now I'm thinking of because this is the first track, is I will never forget, Like this this was the summer that I had borrowed my grandma's Jeep Grand Cherokee, and it had a CD nice. player. So I was spending that summer listening to this album. And uh, the album "Progress" by the Rx Bandits, which both came out the summer of 2001, and I will never, never forget. Uh, that was definitely the the anthem of my underground that summer. That's <laughs> awesome. What do you have for yeah. uh, your number? Oh, sorry, go ahead. You have another thought? Well, the
1: only other thought I had um, something we haven't really touched on. We've said that they're you know loosely alternative rock, even pop punk. This I, this album in particular, and maybe the song in particular, was when they almost revealed themselves as they almost went full emo. Um, But we talked about this a little bit uh, the other night. It's emo, but it's never whiny. So he's got this voice where he's talking about some really serious stuff, uh, oftentimes dark, but he's never whining the entire time. But he does almost have the tendency of, you know, classic emo the emo sound. Uh, And I think that's
0: very hard to do to not sound whiny. Agree completely. And it's very different from through being cool. And maybe that's why you don't really like through being cool as much, because those lyrics are much more of like, I mean, he's got stuff like, like, could you tell me the next time that you're choking i'll run right over and shove some dirt right down your throat <laughs> i mean like <laughs> that that's that's pretty email whereas i think that the right, right. lyrics on this record are much more artistic and more metaphorical and and really not about being wronged in any way for the most part it really is like interesting you know ruminations on life and not yeah. even obviously romantic in many cases like there are a few songs that we might get to that have a little bit more of that cast to them but yeah it is a very unique record in that regard totally um my That's next number track, three. yeah uh
1: i'm gonna skip ahead just a couple songs uh to certain tragedy <laughs> damn it's
0: on my list too i mean it's good but
1: <laughs> certain tragedy uh yeah it's it, this one is a little bit more pop punk it's it's a little faster um lyrically and and melodically this might be one of my favorite tracks on the record too just because uh i was listening to it the other day i was on a run and um first of all it's very easy to run to the beat of the song is like perfect for running and actually the whole album's perfect if you want to do like a quick 30 mile or 30 mile. you want to do a quick 30 <laughs> minute jog <laughs> It's <laughs> a marathon, you know, to a 33-minute album. If you're one of those purists that wants to listen to one album and one album only, uh, this one does fit the criteria. But, yeah, Certain Tragedy, um, there's some good riffs in there. I like the flow of the song. The melody's great. And the lyrics are actually uh, fantastic, too.
2: And now I'm
0: And this does sound like a breakup song to me reading the lyrics. I agree. Yes. Yes. And it's,
2: it's got um, a, it's almost
0: got a sing-song feel to it. da um, yes. And it's it's Agreed. so catchy and silly when you do when I do it when I just did but it all comes together when the actual song is is done as a full band I think. Agreed. And there are some really interesting deliveries of lyrics on here. I, I literally, I remember, I could not understand for the life of me what he was saying in that first uh, verse where he says, "I could write you a song, send you a note, or empty out your trash and buy a bucket full of diamonds."
1: Yeah, and the way that he right. sings
0: it is so strange, but it's so interesting, and it just all yeah, works.
1: it almost sounds like love diamonds. Like it bark, does. A yes. bucket full of love diamonds. It almost yep. sounds like, but you're right. It's just bucket full of diamonds. Um, I like how he finishes and, and a lot of great lyricists do this. This is not a groundbreaking observation, but, um, he'll finish a line, uh, or hold on. Let me strike that. He'll begin a line, uh, on like the last word or he'll start or or he'll finish a line on the first word of the next line. You know what I'm saying? Yes, totally. Like it, it doesn't always flow, and that's a great sign of someone who can
0: fit lyrics into a melody. Yep. I 100% agree. And I, I'm just noticing this. Can you guess how long the song is without looking? Oh, it's, it's got to be sub three. Probably 230 yeah yeah you're right 227 which is incredibly <laughs> short for a song but it's there are actually a couple songs on this album that are about that length again it's a very tight record um but it even manages to have a solo in it which i love it's so simple the guitar solo just makes me smile every time i hear it it's that <laughs> It's, it's the main melody just repeated, but it just makes me smile and I, I absolutely love it. And it's another one of those juxtapositions of, you know, dark kind of unhappy lyrics where he's basically saying like, you know, I could buy you a bucket full of diamonds, but even the most beautiful of all roses must someday crumble the dust and fade away. So he's kind of like, what's the point? It's certain tragedy. Basically everything ends in tragedy <laughs> with this really yeah. upbeat, probably the most upbeat poppy melody on the record. Absolutely. And something uh, an interesting tidbit
1: i actually remember listening to this song my my wife now of 11 years um I i dated her in high school she was my high school sweetheart but she broke up with me a few times in high school and i remember listening to this song and i mean listen to these lyrics i mean as a as a jaded high schooler very immature who has heartbroken who was like ready you know, to spend the rest of his life with his significant other. Um, let me see. Choking away the life that I have left and I can finally see that the further I go, I'm only treading ground. I don't want to know. <laughs> I'll probably hang upside down from wooden rafters in my home and look at old photos of you. Like That is so something that high, jaded, broken-hearted
0: high school emo kids would, would think about. And yes. it's brilliant. It's awesome. I guess I have to take back what I said previously. Like This is probably the most emo in terms of lyrics, but still <laughs> still fairly poetic. And I even love there's a nice little bridge. And he says, I miss the warmth of the summer when we were on our own, but now it's winter and my bones are cold. Like, Simple to the point. It, it's evocative. I, totally. I don't know. Yeah, I, like you said, and we, we didn't really touch on this too much, but... As, you know, A group of us were just talking the other night, some friends, about music, and I wondered, am I just getting old, or is the, the music made by the bands I used to listen to just getting worse? And I do think what you said is true, which is that at a certain point in your life, you're more ready to receive a certain style of music. And I still I love this record and probably will till the day I die, but I don't know that if I heard it for the first time today, would I have the same feelings for it? Uh that's the question impossible I think impossible we to say. Yeah, impossible. To say. It really is. Unless you have a little men in black memory eraser device in which case I could experience it for the first time. Well, you know, believe that. But but,
1: but maybe be. that's the gift. Maybe that's why we can go back to the records and maybe this is why our parents raved about the Beatles and Yeah, you totally. Know, maybe that's a gift that we can go back. I mean the Beatles would be good no matter when it came out, but well,
0: i Maybe we can no, say that. I mean, I actually this, you know, really fits with the um, I think the overall tone and idea behind this podcast. Like I we did an episode about Fleetwood Max Rumors, which was released in nineteen seventy six, thankfully long before I was born. And that was a record that I discovered, quote discovered in my parents' vinyl collection when I was a kid and it did stick with me and I realized like this is an amazing record. So yeah, you know, I didn't have to be a swing seventies rocker banging everything that moved in my band to appreciate it. It <laughs> turns out. So great. yeah. Point. And so what do you have for uh, song number three on your list? Since we've now been two for two, um, sorry, three for three. That was three, wasn't it?
2: we uh, number four, that was three,
1: that was yeah. three. And I said I would probably have five, but Maybe I could get to only four. Ooh, okay. Well, no, I I think I have five. I have five. Um, I think my next
0: track is going to be See You, which is actually track two. It is track two. See You. Okay, this this one got cut off my main list. What do you love about See You?
1: Well, especially, I think the best thing about See You is how it
0: flows from At Your Funeral. It's a great second track um let me
1: pull up the lyrics real quick
0: boy i i totally have to take back what i said about this record not being emo in the lyrical department as i read it's very emo i i totally screwed that one up my gut is burning won't you find me some water hey just forget it can you rig me gasoline collect a couple forks hold them three feet apart wait for lightning to strike to burn me up Oof,
1: boy uh Oh, that's really funny. It pulled up Depeche Mode. See one second.
0: <laughs> Cause I don't think that I have got the stomach to stomach calling you today.
1: See, see, it's a great line because earlier he talks about, uh, hold on.
0: Actually that's, that's after,
1: does he talk about his insides?
0: He does. That's in verse number two.
1: Okay. Cause I actually feel like they're a similar sentiment. I don't have the stomach to stomach calling you today. And he talks yeah. about wearing his insides. But uh no, again, just a classic jaded lover type
0: breakup song in a way. Um and a super up-tempo, incredibly up-tempo and happy sounding musically. Yes, agreed.
1: Uh it's yeah, and and honestly, this one is a little bit more it's just so damn catchy that it had to be on my list and it flows so well from number one that, uh, yeah, n- nothing really groundbreaking about it, just a very solid song and it, it belonged to my top five.
0: Hey, I, I will take that anytime. Love it. Uh, last one is Nightingale. It's my last. It's number five. That one's on my list too. So we four out of five were synced up on well. I like it. Without any coordination. What do you like about Nightingale?
2: Um,
1: Nightingale, I just think is beautiful. It's a gorgeous song. It gives you a little bit of a break from the uh pop punkiness. Uh, Up tempo, it's it's the ballad of the record, if you will, or one of the ballads of the record, if you will. Um, it's a bit tongue in cheek, and um, yeah, just in general, I think it's just a really
0: pretty song. Agreed. This is one that I loved in high school because <laughs> it it, it kind of felt like oh, this would be a song that I would I would write for a girl. <laughs> Totally, <laughs> and the chorus goes, and I hope, Your Majesty, that you like your position. I'll do everything I can to keep you by my side, and I'll stare off through the darkness to find us a kingdom. Just kiss me before I go. Like
2: how
1: romantic is that? Totally, and there's there is some riffs in this song that are really tasteful. Yep, um, even just how the song starts. There's some yeah. There's some symbols. Uh, I think it's just the hi hat. Um and I and will there's some flail. type of there's a guitar this, just,
0: effect that's like kind of a I don't even know what it's called I'm embarrassed I should know but it's some type of pedal thing where it's like it makes this it, the, the sound it's almost like breathing it's like sure.
1: okay. it's
0: not a wah yeah. pedal I don't believe um uh, but it's a really <laughs> cool sound us. and I'll include a clip I of agree. that and it kind of just it's got like a, a repeating i think 16th notes in the hi-hat <laughs> yep. really soft in the background and, and, and who says flail in a song I, chris <laughs> conley does chris <laughs> conley is gonna freaking flail it's awesome it is it's really cool lyrically i i totally agree i i did not expect you to pick this one i'm, I'm really impressed with your taste
2: and i will flail the sky.
1: Perfect. Four out of five. I like it. Four out of five. So, so if we're doing five and you're going to have some honorable mentions, you said. Yeah. But what's what's the one that, that wasn't see you? I got
0: to know. The one that was not see you is, drum roll, freakish interesting this has been this is a song that i always liked but over the past what you said 19 years this album really came on 19 years oh my god it did wow because we're 2001 (laughs) holy crap so this in the 19 years since this album came out freakish has really grown on me a lot and i really love the chorus uh the chorus melody in particular and it it's It's got a beautiful falsetto that he pulls off. And it's just, there's something about the, the, it's also got kind of a sway to it. Um, Agreed. You know, it's just, it's got a really cool cadence to the lyrics and a beautiful melody. And just the way he sings in falsetto to shut me out. I mean, I should read the whole chorus. Well, here I am. Don't know how to say this. Only thing I know is awkward silence. Your eyelids close when you're around me to shut me out. Okay, emo af 100%. I was so wrong. <laughs> How did you miss the emo ness? <laughs> I think I think I just didn't process that as much like I just I took these songs more individually, but I mean when I I read them out loud I realized like this album is super emo, but I don't care, I love it. I think it's very poetic as I said. And this song just has that and it's it's also got I think a really cool bridge where it changes the um the beat a little bit and it goes to a more of a um I, I, I'm not going to hum it again because I'll just embarrass myself. But uh, the line is, or the lines are, I'll make my way across the frozen sea beyond the blank horizon where you, I can forget about you and me and get a decent night's sleep. It's a great line. Which is a great a line. Decent, great, get a decent yeah.
1: night's sleep is a great yeah. line.
0: Yes. And I almost wonder if he was looking ahead to being a father because I think you and I both know well, you know, Kyle has three young children under the age of six. Um, getting a decent <laughs> night's sleep is really under unappreciated, but Chris Conley was all over it back then with Free Dish. So that was my uh, my one song that was not on your list. As I'm
2: t-
1: it and it was a single that had a video with muppet like creatures it in a did. bar super weird but super interesting Super weird yeah um yeah no reason that this didn't make my list uh i think we uh, agree the, we like the whole record other than maybe one track which we, we and, will talk about we will, well, yeah, we will call out some yeah, least we'll favorites get into that and i, I just so want to cr- it's hard to like put all of them on the list but they almost all are um it probably would have been
0: in the seven eight range for sure. For sure. But you know, as my wife, my lovely wife, Erica has said, just cut down the number of songs you talk about. She's right. I could talk about music all day, every day. And I know that people find it boring after a while. So yeah, she's right. But in terms of my honorable mentions, see you was on there, but then one I almost picked, I was so close, but I had to cut it because the other songs were so good is jukebox breakdown. This song like it. has such a cool, interesting drum part, drum intro, as well as a really fun guitar riff that I spent a lot of time learning when I was a kid and can still play. And I will include a clip, of course. Uh, but it's, it's just a unique, interesting song, both melodically, uh, rhythmically, and also lyrically, where I think he's basically saying, like, I'm assuming as a dude in a band, like, girls or people like it when he sings and when he plays and performs. And <laughs> the first verse is, if you've got a quarter, you can stick it in my neck, sing whatever song you want for whatever mood you're in. It's, uh, a, great, it's a great line and very visual. It is. And then it gets even more emo. Again, like, man, where was I? I I should almost (laughs) just edit that out Uh, when I I made this outrageous claim that is so untrue when I I said it wasn't emo because the verse two says, got a mouthful of blood and I'll carry this casket if it's what I have to do. So bring on the dark sky, let it cover me entirely. (laughs) Dude, it's an emo record, but I think it's a little record. It's not as juvenile
1: as some emo records so i i I will give him the benefit of the
2: doubt maybe that's what it is maybe that's it
0: that it's just a little bit more mature and it's 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 not as like on the nose maybe as some of those other like less less good emo records would be but yeah jukebox breakdown would be great song my uh my honorable mention number two so what songs do you not like on this record
1: well, I think it's interesting that we didn't talk about Cars and Calories because it's a great song, but I think you're right. I think it's just further down the list. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit uh, staccato, a little punchy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's definitely not the track. I think you and I agree there's one filler track that just doesn't quite... Uh, it's fine, but uh, all I'm losing is me is the weak link of the record.
0: Yeah, there's just something about it. I don't know. I think for me, it's the the... Musically, it's just not super strong. No. It's, it's just It's got just kind of like a... Ugh, I don't know. I'm making a face. I know people can't see the face I'm making right now, but it's not a good face. So I, I know that that's, that's probably why it ends up on my list. I
1: think when you're listening to the record, we talked about flow. We talked about um, it's 33 minutes long, and it really does lend itself to just bang, bang, bang whole my gosh like what did i just listen to that track it, it it makes it hiccup a little bit it's just like whoa okay hold on it almost makes the record feel longer yeah
0: know? i think so too um yeah thankfully it's track nine and not like three but and maybe it also doesn't hold up as well because it's being compared to the track that follows right after which is this is not an exit um, which I wouldn't want to lead into This Is Not An Exit. I mean, Kylie, right. you, you are the This Is Not An Exit of people, and I have a hard time leading into you. So <laughs> I can only imagine how All I'm Losing Is Me feels on this album. So maybe it's more about comparison than it is about the actual song. I don't know. Well, and technically it's sandwiched with Nightingale. True. Well, there you go. Maybe that's so all it is. That
1: could be it. I mean, Nightingale and This Is Not An Exit, two of our favorites. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. But it's not a bad song. Um, it's just, it's a typical... Filler track. There's nothing necessarily wrong with it. Um, they can't all be smashes, but
0: uh, yeah, no. it just wasn't. It's 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 not great.
1: It's not great.
0: And I think for me, I've got one more, and it's as your ghost takes flight, which I think is the uh, second in the heroin duo of the, of the album. I. This is just not my favorite song either. I mean, it's fine. I actually really don't skip either of these because, as we keep saying, the album is so tight and you know it just goes really fast. But yep. it's nef- never a song that I would ever listen to on its own. I think, yeah, I I just doesn't do it for me as well. I know what you're saying. The lyrics are good though. I mean, they are they're very visceral. Um, yes. Oh, I agreed completely. The last um, time that I saw you, Kyle, August of ninety nine, I should have had my hammer and a few rusty spikes to nail you on a wall and use bottles to catch your blood. Display you gr- for the neighbors so they know your time has come.
1: It's uh it's probably the most visual lyric of the record, and other than maybe the jukebox. Um I'll give it that. He does know how to paint a picture. He would get an A in creative writing. But Got one he more verse for. You. May- he may go to the council. he
0: well. might have to after this one and as your <laughs> body sags and the stench rises in vain the people on the street are collecting in dismay before their eyes your head lifts towards the sky and that's the last thing they'll remember of you <laughs> yeah it's it dark that's pretty dark it is but you know that that wraps up our, our discussion of the songs on the record i think you know i'll, I'll add clips in like i always do but Just what what an amazing record. And I I do think, again, one of the reasons I started this podcast is music has changed my life in so many ways. And I have so many memories of listening to albums with different friends and at different times in my life and emotionally connecting with them in different ways. And I'm curious if you have any more reflections on that, like for you and what this record means to you in your life still today, 19 years after it came out. Yes. Undoubtedly, music has been a huge part of my life, both uh,
1: professionally, but even through... Uh, as we're all going through this global pandemic, um, I, I think why we wanted to start the podcast again was part of the reason because music is getting people through. Um, I've had multiple friends um, want to you know, make music lists and are sending me playlists. And um, I think music is a universal thing that is bringing people together and getting them through tough times, just like it always was. And, uh, we miss going to concerts right now.
0: Oh yeah. And so totally.
1: I, I, I think this is a, I think this is something uh, first of all, listen to the record for sure. And, uh, keep sharing great music with your friends and, and loved ones because I think recommending music is not only good for the receiver, but it's good for the person recommending it. Because I enjoy recommending music almost as much as I enjoy getting someone telling me about an album I hadn't heard of. Um, and 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 when someone recommends a record, just listen to it. You know, like give them the benefit of the doubt. They they clearly it meant something to them. Give them the benefit of the doubt and listen to the record. Do do it justice and, and live with it just for the day. And then you can move on to you know Adele or whatever you listen to.
0: <laughs> and I'm right there with you. I do know that I, I've talked to one friend in particular who is uncomfortable with recommendations in general because they feel pressure to like whatever it is that is recommended. And yeah. I just want everyone to know if I ever recommend anything to you, it is a bonus if you like it. And it's really totally. just about me trying to it's not make you have the same experience, I guess, but it's actually maybe a hope that you can have a similar experience with it because I just, I, you know, as I said earlier when reading some of these lyrics, I get chills even just reading the lyrics and still when I put on some of these records, maybe I'm just a a child at heart. I'm never going to grow up. And I I know that some people our age, you know, we're in our mid thirties now, they don't really listen to new music anymore, which I think is is kind of sad. And I, I don't want that to be me. I want to keep having those feelings. Like I, I it's almost like a, a drug addict chasing a high, <laughs> a little bit with me and music. And you know, I, I just I guess I, I'd like to think that it keeps me fresh and keeps me maybe a little bit young. And you know, when I see a, my kid dancing the music and stuff that I put on, and she'll say, you know, put on your music, Daddy. I I feel like I've uh, you know won some award as a human being and. You know, even if it saves the day and she's not listening to lyrics and hearing about blood dripping down people's throats, if she likes the, she wants to dance to it, I, I consider that a win. That is a win for sure. Well, On that note, I don't know if there's much more to say about this. Do you have any final closing thoughts? It's been amazing to have you on this. I think we have to do more of these things. Uh, as you said, like share the love, share the music, uh, get people thinking about these things again, and maybe they'll find a record or rediscover a record that they hadn't listened to in a long time
1: agreed i don't have anything to add thanks for having me um if the listeners wanna you know never hear me again then we won't do it again but otherwise if you enjoyed it hopefully we'll have something in the next you know couple of weeks we'll do another uh one that we can both agree on i'm, I'm gonna hold you to that kyle
0: <laughs> i'll come thank back so, on it was a lot thank, of fun thank you thank you so much